Welcome to the Jesus Unfollower podcast. My name is Kevin, and I'm an atheist in the Bible Belt. On this podcast, we talk about religion and how it affects us as non-believers in America. I often use a humorous approach because, let's face it, religion is heavy, and we need to be able to laugh about it sometimes. And now your host, me. What's up, non-believers, doubters, and skeptics? Welcome back to the Jesus Unfollower podcast. I've only been gone for like five months. Seriously, five freaking months. It's crazy. I didn't know what I was going to do. I thought I got to a point where I was like, do I want to do this anymore? Am I tired of talking about religion? Am I tired of dealing with the comments that come along with it from the backlash? And I realized that this is where I need to be. I don't believe in like a innate purpose or anything like that, but I feel driven to make this content. I feel driven to do this podcast, to do my YouTube channel, and I'm not going to stop. There were a lot more factors that went into me stopping for five months, but I'm not going to get into that right now. I'll do that a little bit later on. As many of you know, and maybe some of you don't, Jesus Unfollower started as an Instagram account, and I knew pretty early on that I wanted to do a podcast too, because I figured that there's a lot of people like me, people who have left Christianity and have to be surrounded by people who are still very deep in Christianity. And so that's why I started the podcast. But then as the months went by, I started interacting a lot more on TikTok and stuff. And I met a lot of atheists there. And I had a lot of people ask me, why are you not on YouTube? And so then I kind of focused on YouTube for several months. And so it went from the podcast to YouTube. And I kind of neglected the podcast. But now I'm getting back to my roots. Getting back to doing a podcast. and. I'm going to put the full podcast on YouTube. So boom, problem solved. So here's the plan. Full podcast episodes go up on Mondays on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcasts. And then I'm going to do some clips for the people who don't want to watch the whole podcast episode on YouTube. You can just watch the clips on YouTube. So we'll see how it goes. And maybe that'll change too because things evolve. But I've been wanting to get back into podcasting since the beginning of January, but I wanted to build something else first, and I'll tell you more about that at the end of the episode. Let's get into some of the crazy shit that's been happening lately. And when you say, when you're talking about Christianity and you mention crazy shit, basically those worlds collide and it creates Greg Locke. There's always Greg Locke, he's always doing something. And the most recent shit has been a book burning. Right-wing pastor, this is an article from Newsweek, right-wing pastor Greg Locke holds witchcraft book burning. Tennessee pastor held a witchcraft book burning where followers were encouraged to bring Harry Potter and Twilight books to hurl into the flames. Greg obviously has some sort of witchcraft kink. He says, your witchcraft has to flee in the name of Jesus. He later said, let me switch into my Greg Locke voice. We have a constitutional right and a biblical right to do what we're going to do tonight. We have a burn permit, but even without one, a church has a religious right to burn occultic material that they deem are a threat to their religious rights and freedoms and belief system. In a Monday Facebook post, Locke said, Bring all your Harry Potter stuff. 
Laugh all you will, haters. I don't care. It's witchcraft, 100%. All your Twilight books and movies, that mess is full of spells, demonism, shape-shifting, and occultism. Bring tarot cards, Ouija boards, healing crystals, idol statues, spell books, and everything else tied to the occult. It's got to go. I could just play, I realized I could just play the audio of Greg Locke. But for me, I kind of, it's kind of fun to do the Greg Locke impression. So I hope you don't mind. I hope you don't mind. I hope you don't mind. I'm going to do some Greg Locke for you. So the book burning happened. And the funniest thing about it, though, is that a gay couple showed up and they ran up there and burned a Bible and said, Hail Satan. And I'm going to play that clip for you now. I'm not going to do an impression of that. I'm actually going to play the clip. Roll it. I could just see his head explode like, wait, you can't do that. I mean, you have the right, you have the right to do that, but it's not right. God's going to strike you down. I think maybe it was a different week or something, but then he starts calling out the witches in the church. We got first and last names of six witches that are in our church. And you know what's strange? Three of you are in this room right now. There are six witches in this church. We got your first name. We got your last name. We got your street address. We know all your subscriptions. You got Netflix, Hulu. Uh, you get freshly delivered to your door. I realize that the more people like me talk about people like him, the more he's going to think he's oppressed and then he's going to keep doing this crap. But it's just hard not to say anything sometimes about people like this. Any, many, mighty mo, catch a witch by their toe. I spy something with my pastoral eye. It's a whole flock of witches. Now, some of y'all might see this cardboard box that I got up here on the stage right now. And you see that it's being held up by a stick. And there's a piece of cheese underneath it. Well, don't think nothing about it. It's just a witch trap. With a witch witch here. And a witch witch there. Here a witch, there a witch. There's six witches in this church. Ooh, I'm feeling rusty. And it's been a while since I've done a podcast. Feeling super rusty. And, you know, I don't want this whole podcast to be um, me just talking about what famous evangelical people are doing, what pastors are doing. It's going to be a mix of some of that and then some other stuff that's on my mind, stuff that I think about um, as an atheist in the Bible Belt. That's primarily what this podcast is supposed to be. You know, it's a little bit low hanging fruit sometimes to go after these obvious targets like Greg Locke, but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop necessarily. Raise your hand if you used to listen to Skillet as a Christian. Or maybe you're like, Skillet's a Christian band? You didn't know that. A lot of people who are not Christians listen to them and have no idea that they are Christians. Um, but they are. And their lead singer, John Cooper, has been very outspoken against the deconstruction movement in the last couple of years. It's weird that this is what they want to plant their flag on. You know, He says that he's declared war 
against the deconstruction movement. I'm going to read you a little bit of what he said. It's time that we declare war against this deconstruction Christian movement. I don't even like calling it deconstruction Christian. There is nothing Christian about it. It is a false religion. And for all those formerly Christian people who have tried to tell all these young folks that, they think they've found a third way. Their third way is this. It's okay if you're into Jesus, just don't be into the Bible. I'm here to tell you, young folks, there is no such thing as a loving Jesus, but not loving his word. And of course, the crowd cheered and went crazy. I have a lot of problems with this. They don't understand what a deconstruction movement even is. I think over the last couple of years, there have been a lot of people who were kind of prominent in the Christian music scene who have deconstructed their faith and moved away from it. And they kind of fall all over a spectrum. Some some people are atheists. Some people still call themselves Christian. Some people are agnostic. Some people don't really want, want to attach a label. The problem is this. People like John Cooper don't even know what they're declaring war on. The thing that he's talking about sounds more like progressive Christianity, you know. But even then, do you have to declare war on it? They avoid conversations. I have friends and in this space, this deconstruction space, who have reached out to John Cooper, who want to have conversations with people like him, but they don't want to actually have those conversations. They just want to like create this separation that, you know, we're right and you guys are the enemy and there's no conversation. Deconstruction is just questioning the things that you've been taught, the things that you've been told are the way many of us grew up and it's like, there is a God, there's no reason to ever question it. It didn't even enter my mind for a long time that I really even could question things like that. And it goes into politics and stuff like that too, but with religion, many of us are raised up a certain way with these beliefs that we're scared to death to ever question. And then you have people like him who are wanting to declare war instead of having conversations. It's crazy. Speaking of deconstruction, that awkward moment when you get mentioned by the Gospel Coalition in an article about deconstruction. An article went up recently on the Gospel Coalition from Elisa Childers. It's called, Why We Should Not Redeem Deconstruction. And once again, it's written in a way that doesn't really understand what it means to deconstruct. It, it's like it thinks that everybody has these ulterior motives. I never expected to be mentioned in an article like this, um, but somebody tagged me on Instagram, and I was like, what? Let me read what it says. Phil Drysdale, a deconstructed Christian and deconstruction researcher, asked people on Instagram to name the accounts that have helped them through their deconstructions. A quick scroll reveals that the leaders and guides the vast majority are looking to are accounts and people like Lisa Gunger, Audrey Assad, God is Gray, Jesus on Follower. Hey, that's me. Your favorite heretics, Joe Lumen, the Naked Pastor, and a plethora of others dedicated to provide a space for Christians to examine, reinterpret, and even abandon their beliefs. None of these accounts encourage Christians to look to the scripture as the authority for truth. That's because we don't accept the Bible as being God's word. It's not that hard to figure out. Why are we going to point people back toward the Bible? People who are having questions like, 
is the Bible. Why should I believe that the Bible is God's word? Why should I believe that the things in the Bible are true? Am I just going to be like, well, why don't you ask the Bible and you'll find out. Go check the Bible and see what the Bible says about the Bible. <laughs> no, of course, I want people to do their own research, come to their own conclusions. But you can't just put the Bible there and be like, okay, the Bible is the starting point. And now, you know, make sure that everything aligns with the Bible and then figure it out. Like, it, it, that doesn't make any sense. The whole point is to question the Bible to begin with, to question the existence of gods. That's what deconstruction is. It's not necessarily trying to figure out exactly, you know, how the, what the Bible says. No, that's not it. It's questioning the Bible too. And that's what people don't understand. But it was such an honor to be mentioned by the Gospel Coalition, especially because now when people Google deconstruction and that article comes up, they're going to find my account and others who are much more knowledgeable and helpful than I am right there in that article. And if they're like, hmm, what is this deconstruction thing? And they jump into that and then they're like, oh, and then they actually find out what it's all about, find out, find helpful accounts that can help them. It's it's more than just like we're trying to be these people who are getting people away from their faith. That's not what it is. It's for the people who are already questioning things, for those who are already saying this doesn't make sense. And those, I'm not really a deconstruction account. It's funny that they put me in there. I'm more like, I make content for people who are already out of it, who have already left Christianity for the most part. Some of my stuff is about people who are still trying to figure it all out. Um, those who are doubting and questioning and stuff, but really I'm not so much like those other accounts. Those are more like they talk about the Bible more. They talk about the theology of it all. And I'm just like, here's a SpongeBob meme. You know, I do the podcast. I do the YouTube where I, just talk about funny shit mostly. And they're like, they put me in there as a thought leader in this community. So I'll take it. I'll wear it as a badge. And if you found me from that article, hello and welcome. There's an article from CNN that I want to talk about. It's called high school students stage a walkout after they say they were forced to attend a Christian revival assembly during school hours. Hey, why don't you make that headline a little bit longer? It's like Michael Scott. Scranton area paper company Dunder Mifflin apologizes to valued client. Some companies still know how business is done. Samuel Felenton, that's probably not how you say it. Felenton, that's probably not how you say it either. Shuffled into his high school auditorium last week for what his teacher told him would be a mandatory assembly. Little did he know the guest speaker was an evangelical preacher holding a Christian revival assembly. Despite asking, the kid, who is Jewish, said he wasn't allowed to be excused from it. On February 2nd, students involved in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, a nonprofit Christian sports ministry, conducted an assembly during a non-instructional homeroom period at Huntington High School in Huntington, West Virginia. Cabell County School spokesperson Jed Flowers told CNN in a statement, and I said that like I was starting a new sentence, but really, it was the end of that sentence, so I apologize about that. There were moments where most of the people or most of the kids and administrators are standing up, putting their hands up and praying, and me and this little group of people did nothing. I felt we were definitely stared at and felt like the minor minority there too. 
Walker, a traveling evangelist minister based in Cleveland, Tennessee. Why are these stories always from where I'm from? Why? Why are these people always from here? I'm in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Greg Locke is a couple hours up the road. This dude's in Cleveland, Tennessee, which is, I could throw a rock and hit Cleveland, Tennessee from here. Oh, Tennessee, why am I here? So Walker, a traveling evangelist minister based in Cleveland, Tennessee, has been visiting with other schools in the area. I'm going to read this and most likely what he sounds like. We just got back from Boyd High School and Huntington High School, where right at 50 students gave their lives to Jesus at their voluntary club meetings. He wrote, I expect to see these students and many others tonight for the final service of the week at Christ Temple Church. Don't miss this incredible night of revival. School says attendance was voluntary. Students say otherwise. On the day of the assembly, Fellinson asked the teacher for permission to leave, but says he was denied that opportunity. Student attendance was voluntary, and there was a sign-up process in place prior to the event so teachers would know what students had requested to attend, said the school spokesperson. But the kid says the teacher left he and his peers no choice about attending and offered no details on what the assembly was even about before they went in. I'm not going to read the whole article, but it goes into talking about rights and you know, the teachers mistakenly, two of the teachers mistakenly took their whole classes to this thing when it wasn't supposed to be mandatory. But the problem is it was held during school hours. That's the problem. Uh, so it's like, yeah, it's not mandatory, but why is there a Christian revival being held at a school during school hours? It's just strange. I'm all for freedom of religion. So if you want to have an after school students for Jesus club, that's totally cool. As long as you're totally cool with the atheist students club too for after school stuff that stuff just shouldn't be happening during school hours that's all did you hear about the baptism mistake thing this is crazy so there's a priest who when doing his baptisms said one word incorrectly and now all of those baptisms are considered void this article on time says that it caused confusion and anxiety for thousands of catholics Catholic officials estimate that thousands of baptisms are now presumed to be invalid because he used incorrect wording. What did he say? He said, we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit instead of I baptize you. Tradition and rituals are strange, huh? Like, it's it's just weird to think like the, this priest holds that much power that one word incorrectly just causes the baptism to be no good. And this one lady was saying that she just feels awful because she allowed her daughter to take communion all these years when in reality you're supposed to be baptized first before you can do that. And I'm not trying to slam Catholics or anything. That's not the point of what I do. The point of what I do is not to bash religion, period. It's not to say, ha you're wrong, you're stupid. It's nothing like that. I just think it's a little bit strange that like one word that one priest says invalidates this whole thing. Today's crazy comment of the week comes from Budgie77 underscore on TikTok. Budgie provides me with several laughs throughout the week. This particular comment is, you can't say there is no proof because I am the proof. I'm telling you because many, many reasons God is physically living in me. It's not some fairy tale. To which I replied, that's not proof. 
Thanks for bearing with me on this first podcast episode back. I know it's kind of a shit show. I feel like there's no structure. I'm jumping around. I don't know exactly how I want it to be. I want it to be more personal than just reading off stories. You know, I don't really want that to be the format of the podcast, but we'll see. We'll work it out. I'll probably do some like Instagram questions and polls. Maybe I'll ask some questions on Twitter and stuff like that. You can follow me at Jesus Unfollower. Those places, if you're not already, because I want this podcast to be um, just more of kind of like my stories, your stories too, not necessarily just here's the next religious headline kind of thing. So uh, follow the YouTube channel. As I'm making, as I'm recording this podcast, I'm thinking, do I want to put the full episodes on YouTube? Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. We'll see. I'm going to do it with this first one. We'll see how it goes. This is all trial and error, baby. That's what we're doing. So here's the deal. I think that social media provides a great place, a great platform for many of us to talk, for us to share experiences, share memes, uh, have some conversations. I really do. But I feel like social media is lacking a little bit. And I felt this way for a while that it's just kind of a content dump, you know, and that there's not really a place for great conversation. So as of today, I'm launching uh, the Unfollower community, jesusunfollower.com. If you want to check it out, what it is, it's going to be forums. And I know you're like, what year is it? Forums? Aren't those extinct? I understand that most people have moved to Discord or they have their Patreon communities and stuff like that. But I think there's a place for forums. I've had people uh, DM me on Instagram and say things like, I would follow you here, but people are watching me or and stuff like that. So I, I know there are people who want to have more deeper conversations with others who are like them and not necessarily, they can't really do it in the public eye. They can't do it um, where other people are watching. They can't follow certain accounts. And Discord is cool, but I feel like Discord is kind of jumbled too. Conversations can get lost. It's just a bombardment of notifications. So in the unfollower community, there are going to be forums where you can talk about your story, talk about your struggles, talk about how religion has affected you, and you know, share some good stories too of, of maybe some breakthroughs that you've had with family. And on top of the forums, there are going to be some videos there and uh, links to some helpful resources and also some bonus podcast episodes. So it's a way for you to support this podcast and also to connect with people who are more like you. If that sounds interesting to you, head to jesusunfollower.com to learn more about it. And I appreciate it. There's no obligation, obviously, to sign up and support this podcast. Just you listening or watching on YouTube is enough. But I, I think I've had this on my mind for a while. And I think it's something that many of us could use. I'm going to leave you with a quote that I recently heard on Dexter. I'm rewatching Dexter. It's kind of weird to go back and rewatch it. This is the first time since it originally aired that I'm rewatching. And so I forgot a lot of the stuff that happens. But there's a quote on there and it's trust those who seek the truth, but doubt those who say they have found it. So if you're not subscribed to the show already, subscribe, like the YouTube channel if that's where you're watching this. And if you would, leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I think I need a bump to get this podcast back to where it's being 
um, maybe promoted a little bit more on that platform because when you don't make an episode for like five months, I have a feeling that my the people searching for podcasts, mine's going to get suppressed a little bit. So I'd appreciate that too. So remember, you don't need a God to be good. Peace out.